Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host Chris, currently taking uh, the shoe leather out of my mouth. There's something that happened pre-record, which you will never ever know about. Um, with me this week, I've got Emma. How are you? <laughs> um, I'm fine, thank you, Chris. How are you? Uh, I've been better, thank you. Um, <laughs> we've got Nathan. How are you? Uh, I'm probably better than you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Jesse. How are you? I'm probably doing the best on this whole call. <laughs> so, moving very swiftly on, um, we're going to talk about the Champions League games that happened this week. Uh, we are going to talk about, um, briefly, the Europa League games, if anyone wants to talk about that. We're going to talk about games around the world, uh, a bit of Copa Libertadores, and Premier League. So, uh, we'll start on Premier League on Monday and Tuesday night. So, full and nil Chelsea 2. Mudrick got his first goal for Chelsea. Uh, that lists them uh, up to 11th. Amanda Broja also scored. Uh, and then on Tuesday, it was Luton 1, Burnley 2. This was the game that's postponed earlier on in the season. Um, Jacob Brown lashed an 85th minute winner 65 seconds after uh, Elijah Adebayo equalised uh, Lyle Foster's opening goal. Burnley now with that first win, they're up to 18th. Luton are 17th. Did anybody watch this or highlights from either of these games? No. Genuinely didn't even know that Burnley and Luton played on Tuesday night, so that's that's news. I, I only learnt about it listening afterwards on a podcast the following day. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know. Should we move on quickly? Mm. Okay, uh, Champions League Group A. That's not the first time I said that today. Uh, Champions League Group A. <laughs> uh, um, Manchester United two, Galatasaray three. Uh, two goals for um, Hyland and uh, Wilfred Zaha, who. Bullied Diego Dallo, um, scored for Galatasaray, Atacoglu, and Maricardi also missed a penalty with the winner. Um, are we talking about Manchester United being funny still, or are we talking about how well Galatasaray played? What would we like to talk about, guys? I think we should talk about the two Uruguayans and Galatasaray, and how Maricardi is one of my favourite fucked up relationship. <laughs> is he still with Wondery? Yes! Very... I thought they got divorced. They did, and apparently they were seen out together. Oh, my like, God. Everything about this delights me. It's so toxic. And I think they're still under investigation for, like, kidnapping and human trafficking. They're... Oh, they're made. made? Yeah. Question mark? Yep. yep. I mean, she got human trafficked to Lake Como. There's worse places to get trafficked to, isn't there? That's that's what the case is going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Maxi Lopez must be rubbing his hands together, sat single and fancy free, <laughs> doing whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, Diego, like I said, Diego Dallo got bullied quite a lot for that first goal by Wilfred Zaha, didn't he? That's um, 
it's not really something you want to see from a Manchester United player. I mean, if you're a fan of theirs, if, you know, I thought it was quite great. Um, and Casemiro got a red card after that poor clearance from Onana. Um, lots of Manchester United fans I follow on Twitter are doing their best to try and support Onana, but are fast losing patience with him. Um, who saw the highlights from this game? Um, I saw the um, I saw the last the, the last goal, Icardi's winner. Oh yeah. Um, and I seen on Twitter that a lot of people were saying Anana should done should have done better. Which all right, maybe you should have, but on a one on one situation, I don't know about you guys, but I'm backing the striker all day long. Like one on one striker's gonna win for me every time. For that he, match for me. He did sort of sit down a bit quick. Um, we need goalkeeping expert Justin on this, I think. But yeah, Jesse, did you see this at all? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like this might be unfair of me, but I feel like so many of the complaints are from City fans who like don't remember what it's like to have a player who's not, or like any player. Like, let's go back there. It's fine. Ryan will fix it in post. They are so accustomed to having a team that costs, you know, 70 bajillion dollars and every player is rock solid and if they're not you can pop on Erling Alan but having somebody who's like a little bit human feels like a failure hmm. yeah I guess so but he wasn't great I'm not saying he like it was it was his fault but that happened like raise your hand if you're used to like Allison or Loris having stinkers every so often you know hmm. it happens it happens um a lot of Manchester United fans are also been saying that Casemiro definitely looks like a 31, 32-year-old Casemiro rather than what he looked like last season. Um, he seems to have sort of gone off the boil quite a lot, which is weird because he has been scoring some goals this season. Um, United lost their first two Champions League games and 6 in 10 in all competitions. Uh, Emma, I've written here a sticking plaster club, question mark. If you look at the signing of Casemiro, so he's... 30-odd years old when they bought him. There must be a reason that Real Madrid let him go. They've got Amrabat on loan and Reguilly on, on loan as well. Um, these aren't players for the future. Are, I mean, are they sort of sticking plasters covering gaping holes that need to be fixed? I guess they are. I mean, especially Casemiro because he is 31, which, I mean, that's not old, but he's at the back end of his career. Um... I think their main problem is that everything in their club seems to be rotten, like from the ownership down. Yeah. And they probably just need to change everything. But that won't happen because the owners are, that's not what they do. No, yeah, it, it, it seems like a sort of fish rotting from the head. Someone tweeted a picture of himself at the ground last week. Uh, during the Crystal Palace game and there was a hole in the roof that was leaking onto him as he was sat there watching the game and it's sort of symbolic yeah. as the way the club's gone. Did you see yeah. that, Nathan, did you? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I just thought, you know, that for, for a club that size, that's that's just, it's not great, is it? You know, the Glazers clearly aren't interested in the fans um, or the fans' well-being. There was, there was the clips this week of all the Galatasaray mm. fans in the home end and you're just thinking you, the club's just not helping itself in terms of the fans. It is toxic. It's gone too far now. Um, something's got to give. I don't know what that's going to be, but it's it's definitely got to the point where it's a toxic environment. And like you said, the players that are signing, you know, who 
whoever heard of United signing players on loan from, you know, you can even go back to last season when they loaned um, Vikers from, from Burnley. You know, United don't loan players from Burnley. That, that's, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, so, they, they loaned Falcao in the past, didn't they? But again, that didn't quite work out, did it? Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, there's, I don't know, like, like with Arsenal, when Wenger left, obviously we, we, we went and got, we were lost for a little while. Um, but we kind of, you know, Emery came in and promoted some youth players and he, I felt a bit sorry for him because whoever came in after Wenger wasn't going to be a success. That was, mm. that was all what to give him. I did, did feel very sorry for him. But Arteta's come in, the board and the owners have got have got together and gone, right, what do we want? Who's the man who's going to lead that for us? And then, right, once he's in, what does he want to be able to implement it? And we got a structure from the top down and it seems to be working. Yeah. And it just feels like United have got some young players there, you know, Ganacho, uh, Palestri, uh, the other young lad who scored the other day and everyone took the mick out of him because he was celebrating. Oh, Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got. I'm not. I'm not saying. It's, I'm not saying it's a class of '92 because it's not. But there's enough young players there who are hungry for a chance to go. Right, you go in. You show these lads up. It's your shirt to to take, to keep hold of. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. build it. Build it up from there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also in that um, group, it was uh, Copenhagen one by Munich two. Uh, goals from Muziala and. Um, and tell bet that uh, Bayern Munich came from behind to win the lovely assist from Thomas Muller there. He really sort of showed his sort of strength and poise for picking out Tell for the winning goal at the back there. Um, group B, Longs 2, Arsenal 1. Also, just to say that group, uh, Bayern Munich on top on six points and Galatasaray 4, Copenhagen 1, Manchester United 0. No. Uh, Are group... we not talking about Bayern Munich or are we consigning them to the sexual abuse corner? Or how are we, how are we doing that one? Uh, <laughs> was it, are we on sexual abuse corner or domestic abuse corner for Bayern Munich? I can't remember. Oh. Uh, are we are we taking this one? You can go with the um, whatever corner you fancy that subject being in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this one even fits in its own corner. It's spilling out. Um, I think. Am I am I right that as of this morning, the club said they're probably not going to sign him because of fan outcry. This is Jerome well, Boateng, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, that's the. Limit. I hadn't seen that. I'd seen Thomas Tuchel talking about. Uh, I think he was talking about due process happened and all this sort of stuff and he had his conviction quashed I think I've seen German journalists on Twitter saying the same thing and lots of people pointing out to them that having something quashed isn't quite the same as not doing it and uh, is it not going to happen then is it Jerome Boateng going uh, back there the last one I saw was Derek Ray posting that because of fan outcry they're probably not going to sign him I mean he was these were not just allegations like he was convicted of choking and beating his ex-wife um before she committed suicide um and i think anybody who's even like remotely been involved in intimate partner violence work knows that like choking is usually the like one step before attempted murder um and i think the cynical part in me is like is he is he good enough to excuse all that for like they have so they have other players who are not problems like this yeah he's and not the, young is he right and the way that muller and then tuchel and then whoever that shithead was from the club 
sort of defended it as like, well, he's a good player. He's been great in practice. His personal life is his personal life. Does nobody work for, like, do they not have a media or comms department? It seems very strange. German fans are not backwards in coming forwards when it comes to um, making protests, is it? So it seems yeah. it seems very strange that they even consider this was a viable thing in the first place. Yeah, I mean, they don't need him, I think. And also, the responses were, like, unequivocally, unequivocally awful. Because in terms of, like, his personal life is his own business, fine. If he wants to get, like, a questionable face tattoo or, like, you know, buy a donkey sanctuary. Cool. That applies. But almost killing your ex-partner <laughs> is not quite like your personal life. No. no. You're sort of crossing the boundary there, aren't you? Um, yeah, no, sorry. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, group B then, sorry. Lons to Arsenal 1. So, um, Gabriel Jesus gave Arsenal the lead. Adrian Thomason and Eli Wacky, who, uh, if we talk about Abuse Corner has got an interesting Wikipedia page. Um, also, uh, he scored the win, but also got an assist for the first goal. Nathan! Hello. What did you make of this? Um, I just thought Arsenal weren't at the races mm. at all. Just really lacklustre performance. Um, I can't quite put my finger on what it was, really. We just didn't seem to... Almost like we didn't want it, to be honest. Um, I mean, first things first. The the ones the lens fans were unreal, mm. like absolutely incredible. Um, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, I think I think in commentary they said it had been twenty twenty one years since they've been in the Champions League or something like that, and they let all of that out from the opening minute, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, no excuses from Arsenal. We just we were just well, good enough. Started all right. Started well. We were on the front foot. Um, we got the goal. It was from a mistake, really. Um, I think Saka cut out a short pass um, in the back line, um, and Jesus had a had a, a pretty easy finish for him. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of let him back into the game, and we let the crowd come back into it a little bit, and they just fed off that. I mean, the first goal, the Thomason goal, fantastic finish great bit of play and the finish was just fantastic he just bent it from the outside of the post and it just it just bent all the way back in yeah goal. sometimes you can feel the fans sort of suck the ball into the goal can't you oh yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah that was one of them where you know they almost willed it into the back of the net for him but yeah fantastic strike to be fair yeah has anyone done a study uh, like what what how teams played during covid when there were no crowds versus when they're were i just remembered like remember the beginning when they would pipe in fan noises yeah i always turned that off we were given the option weren't we nathan of having the fan noises yeah. or just the stadium noise i always went for the stadium noise yeah i just um, i now i'd be so curious to find out if somebody did a study i'm like okay home teams played worse or you know everybody played better because i'm, I'm sure someone's done that i'm sure <laughs> surely you look back at yeah. that yeah I don't know who it was, but they were talking about a player who played really well during COVID when there were no fans in the stadium. And now the fans were back in. They were sort of getting on to their back a little bit and he sort of retreated back into a shower. I'm trying to remember who it was. And I can't remember who it was to talk about. I think it was somebody in the Premier League and I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, I think it absolutely um, 
must make a difference. Certainly. Um, and Saka was injured as well, wasn't he? I didn't realise Bryce Salmon, Nottingham Forest legend, was um, goalkeeper for Lons. I, I didn't either. I knew that he'd, I knew that he was in France somewhere. I had no idea he was playing for them. But yeah, he was He was there. Did well. Made a couple of good saves. Yeah. Um, like I said, just, just, Arsenal just didn't seem to want it. Just, just There was something missing. When, the worrying thing was, when Saka went off, there was absolutely no pace in the team. Like the pace just disappeared in an instant. Oh, really? Which was quite frightening. Yeah, there was nothing. We brought Fabio Vieira on to play it wide. And I don't think that's his bag. No. At all. I really don't think that's going to be his position. Um, Emile Smith-Rowe came on, did well, but again, no pace. Mm. And then when when they went 2-1 up, it was like, right, we're going to... We know you now have to come and break us down. And we haven't looked like doing that, certainly in the second half. So, yeah, disappointing one. But it wasn't one of them as an Arsenal fan where I thought, Oh my God, we should have won that game. I was few and be fuming about it. It was, you know, what we've been beaten. To be honest with you, I don't think we deserved anything less. So, yeah, fair enough. We just got to move on now. Yeah, unfortunately. So, uh, PSV two Sevilla two. Um, it was what? Um, uh, it was an equalized, uh, PSV equalised in the eighty sixth minute, and then it went two one to Sevilla in the eighty seventh, and then. Uh, uh, 2-2 in the 95th minute equaliser for PSV. So Lons are top on four, then Arsenal three. Um, PSV two points, Sevilla one point. Group C, Napoli two, Real Madrid three. Uh, Jude Bellingham with a goal and uh, after a sort of mazy 40-yard run uh, and an assist for Vinicius Junior who took his goal um, really well. Um, quite an even game, 50% possession each and 18 shots each. Um, Emma, what was the talk of Spain like the day after this for Jude Bellingham? Everybody loves him. Is he settled in really well I, there, are they? I can't, yeah. He's incredible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the worst Seriously, thing is? The worst thing is, he's not se- a fan. The worst thing is, is he seems a really nice person as well. I know. I hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> what if he, if he was really good and a real horrible, arrogant shit? Would it be better? Yes, because I could... Yes, it just would. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hate a nice person, but... He decided he wanted to wear white, so he brought it on himself. <laughs> could you guys? You guys couldn't have afforded him in a million years, could you? Oh, good course we couldn't. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't have stopped you, I guess. And, you know, here's a fifteen-year amortized contract. Does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your reaction in Spain to this result then? Bring my nappy, um, your Italian champions. I don't, I don't really read the Madrid press because, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, yeah, everybody loves Bellingham. He's like the new hotness. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Um, but it does look like Madrid are making it difficult for themselves. Yeah, they, they left... shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be having comeback wins. No, they left it late against Union Berlin, didn't they? In the first yeah, they game. did. Um, so yeah, mind you, they, this is what they do, isn't it? Do you remember the year they had Sheriff in from Moldova in their group, and Sheriff beat them at the Bernabeu. Oh. Of course I remember that. How did you <laughs> the greatest day ever. <laughs> so, yeah, they sort of struggling early on in the group games is what they do. Um, also in this group, Union Berlin 2, Braga 3. Union were 2 up after 37 minutes. Um, oh, the Brumer goal at the end. Has anyone seen this? No, I don't think so. Oh, my word. It's been voted goal of the week in the Champions League. If you get a chance to see this, he's a little bit further back from the edge of the area in a... Um, 
in a central position and he sort of curls it into the top corner and there's a view from behind the goal and the way he curls it it looks like it's going off towards the corner flag when you sort of see the camera from behind and it bends back in again it's an incredible goal absolutely wonderful goal uh, and then he does a weird celebration he celebrates by sucking a balloon or something in the corner flag I hope that's not some sort of um, thing that the youths do from? I don't know but he's down by the corner flag and he's blowing a balloon up I don't know yeah, I'm wondering if something might be in that balloon. I don't know. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> like, is that? Do you think that's how Paul Pogba has been doping? Just sucking <laughs> Possibly. Uh, so, yeah, that's twice now that Union Berlin have lost in the Champions League to 94th-minute winners. So, uh, Real Madrid are top on six, then Napoli and Braga on three, and Union, unfortunately, are on zero. Um, we've got um, Group D, uh, Red Bull Salzburg nil, Real Sociedad two. Uh, so, Real Sociedad are on... Oh, I didn't talk about what I talked about. Inter won 1-0, didn't they? Uh, Real Sociedad are top on four points. Inter on four points. Red Bull, Leipzig on three. And then Benfica on zero. Um, Champions League Wednesday, Newcastle four. PSG one day from the Sunday show went. Um, Miguel Almiron, Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff, Fabian Scheer. Um, Who saw the highlights from this? Because I've got a question for those who did. Oh, I did. But now I don't know if I want to answer a question about it. Well, <laughs> I saw... <laughs> You didn't come here for questions, did you? <laughs> uh, I watched the highlights for this, um, and it looked like I've written here couldn't be bothered. That's probably a bit of an unfair thing to say, but oh, about PSG? No, yeah, it looks like they really, really couldn't be bothered. <laughs> at some point, I was watching it with my friend again. At some point, both of us asked whether there was like incentive for them to lose because it felt like they were deliberately not playing well, yeah. all of them. And then when they scored, it was like, clearly you're able to do this. Where have you been? And then they just stopped again. I mean, it felt very, like, match-fixy yeah. in a strange way. The first goal, the defender didn't close the attacker down, uh, didn't close uh, Almiron down anywhere near as much as he could have done. Second yeah, goal down... Yeah, away from Miggy because he did play beautifully. But, like... Yeah, it just, it truly, it felt like somebody was like, you guys take the day off, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Dan Burnout muscled the defender for the second one. Then Donnarumma sort of made a mistake for the third one. It, it was just such a weird, weird um, series of goals. I mean, Newcastle obviously absolutely deserved it to beat a team like PSG 4-1. Um, but weirdly, um, Newcastle did it with 27% possession. Yeah, because... Because it, it was like they were playing keep away without going towards the goal at some point. Like, it really felt like a deliberate choice not I'm sorry. to score. They had 27% possession in a 4-1 win. Yeah, they well, had... Could... Here's the thing. Not only did they have 27% possession, but PSG only had two shots on target with all that possession. Oh, this sounds um, super match for <laughs> yeah, Because they also weren't pressing. Like, it, it felt like... You know when clubs make that disastrous decision when they're like one up to just sit back and defend for 70 minutes? Mm. It was like They just went, no, let's do that for 90. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was a really, really strange... Like I say, I only saw the highlights. It'd be interesting to get Dave's view on it. Um, Maybe we should have asked him. We think he's better than that. He's a better manager than that. I don't know. (laughs) He is a better manager than that. He is, and he has been, but like what happened? 
I mean, who could have predicted that experiment of signing all of those players and trying to do that would go terribly, <laughs> terribly wrong? There was, I was listening to a podcast where they said they sort of did a 4 um, formation, and of course that didn't work out for them very well. I don't know. It was like they just sat back and did like maybe a a, a ten one. <laughs> Do you think they all had bed bugs? <gasps> maybe they have bed bugs, and they were just so itchy. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, no! In the other game in this group, Dortmund drew nil nil with Milan. That's the second nil nil in a row for Milan. Um, and neither team have scored so far in the Champions League. Uh, so uh, Newcastle on four points, PSG three, uh, Miller on two, and then Dortmund are on one. Uh, in Group G, RB Leipzig one, Manchester City three. Uh, Phil Foden scored for Manchester City. A lovely, lovely Alvarez goal. That was really, really nice. City scored twice in the last 10 minutes. Jeremy Doku scored as well with the other goal. Um, Jeremy Pender scored with uh, RB Leipzig's only shot on target, which was... Um, Efficient, I guess. Uh, uh, Julian Alvarez, that's an incredible goal, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I got the response it deserved. (laughs) (laughs) I think it deserved better because it was a lovely goal. (laughs) Yeah, but he's from Argentina and, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse. Yes. Jesse, 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 who looks after children. And teaches them that it's not where you're born, it's how you're brought up and how you yeah, equip yourself. He was brought up by Argentinians and he chose to play in Argentina. Because he was born there. So? Maybe it was a matter of um, logistical well, circumstances. Carlos was born in Brazil, played in Spain. Yeah, but he must have started in Brazil. Not on the national team. Neri Castillo, born in Uruguay, played for Mexico. Maybe it's a question of logistics for the Alvarez family. They might be poor and impoverished. They're not being able to get anywhere. Emma. Mm-hmm. Well, I that, don't like her questioning. That was a stern. <laughs> that, was, that was a stern. Mm-hmm. I'd like to speak for my client, please. Leave her alone. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Leave her alone. Okay. <laughs> okay, Hutz. <laughs> Mr. Hutz, I will. <laughs> uh Red Star Belgrade City, Young Boys 2. So Manchester City are top um, with six points. Uh, RB Leipzig are three. Young Boys 1. And RB's, um, bleh, Red Star Belgrade have got one. Um, Group D. Celtic 1. Lazio 2. Are they back to being Red Star now? Rather than... Whatever they were called. I've got to be honest. of the yeast. In my new book, Emancipation of Goalpost, football's relationship with how football... Work with the. Uh, do you know what? I can't remember what my bloody books come. You need to know this information. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. It's important. Football's role in the fall, fall of Yugoslavia. There you go. Uh, I had more than smooth sales. Pitch. <laughs> and, and how can people order this book? Uh, you can go to. Oh, okay. they can't internationally. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, <laughs> stop it. Let's say that you can. Uh, you go to optibooks.co.uk. I have called them Red Star all the way through because I kind of think. If you do it for one team, you've got to do it for all of them. You know, you've got to do it for, um, uh, you know, Bayern München or, you know, whatever you would say in Germany and uh, and all that sort of thing. So, you know. That's why Chris calls just it calls it Spain. Yeah, exactly. You know, when we come to the World Cup, I'm not sort of saying Deutschland versus Espania. I'll be saying Germany People versus Spain. It's a mentality, you know? Yeah. People are being called by their actual names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on then. You say it then. 
What did you heard me try and say it? I well, can't. There you go, exactly. She didn't write a book about it. She did not write a book about it. <laughs> That's very true, you haven't. Uh, Celtic won Lazio of Italia too. Um, Celtic took the lead through uh, for Hashi, but Vicino on the 29th minute. Uh, uh, oh, unless he scored two goals, I've written this down. Really. No, and then and then I forget who. Somebody in the 95th minute scored. Whipped his shirt off, got the card, and then they varred the goal offside. Oh no! It's just so yes. when that happened. I ah, oh, I know it was so upsetting. That's what Celtic. They thought they got a late winner through VAR, didn't they? Premature celebration is never good for anyone. Well, no, you ladies would know. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, we do. <laughs> um, also in that group was, uh, or less Celtic actually, they lost uh, their last 11 home Champions League game. Or, uh, sorry, their last 11 home Champions League games, they've drawn two, lost nine. So uh, Parkhead isn't quite the fortress that you would imagine it would be, Nathan. Uh, no. No, absolutely not. I remember watching what I remember watching a game years ago where I think they they had to win to qualify or something like that. I'm sure it was against like Spartak Moscow or something like that. And it was just the whole ground was just absolutely bouncing. I, they ended up winning, and I thought, I think since that game, I thought, oh yeah, you don't really want to go to Celtic, but yeah, that's that completely caused cold water all over that. Thought. I see. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember them beating Manchester United. I remember them beating Milan. Do you remember when someone tapped Dida in the face and he ran for a bit and then fell down? Um, yeah. And Emma, did they beat Barcelona as well? Yes. Yes, see? Were you there? No. Were you not? I've never been to Glasgow. Have you not? No. Right. Emma, have you ever been to Liverpool to watch Barcelona play? <sighs> Maybe I'll tell the people what you said before. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, let's move on. Um, Atleti Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, three final two, uh, all goals in the first half. A Griezmann overhead kick for the winner was very nice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I always forget that Griezmann can actually play because usually he can't. Yeah. Uh, lots of discourse on Griezmann on Twitter is how bad he is, and then he comes up with something like this. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I don't do Twitter anymore. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> would it be you if you were? Of course it would. <laughs> uh, so Atleti on four points as our Lazio fine order on three points. Celtic are on none. And Group H, part uh, Porto nil, Barcelona one. Um, Ferran Torres um, scored the goal. Gavi got a red card. Jules Kunde's tackle though. Uh, Emma, you have not seen this, I guess, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Group two. Champions League, I mean, group, what did I say? Group stages, match two, nothing okay. here for me. My favourite thing from the highlights was this Jules Kunde tackle and the way he celebrated it afterwards. Who saw that? I I'm sure, I I'm that. sure it was good. It was. Nathan, talk us through it. Um, is it? Is it the one that I'm thinking of? I think I've seen him celebrating. I don't think I saw the tackle, but I think someone's turned it into like a gif already. Oh, okay. And it, he's just like... He's just like your typical defender, isn't he? He's, he's just absolutely... It's like scoring a goal for them, isn't it? If they get a tackle in as good as that, it's just... that's That makes their day, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, other than... After taking a throw into the opponent's face, it's my favourite thing I've seen him do in a football pitch. <laughs> that's still my favourite thing I've seen him do. <laughs> I think with my club. That's my favourite thing I've seen him do. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. My favourite is when the ref gets hit by the ball and then looks really... <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, Jules Kunde can win the World Cup and play till he's 50, winning everything. He's never going to beat that. 
Yeah, he's always going to be ball in the face guy. <laughs> uh, it was a tough in Barcelona. Uh, Porto had 13 shots, um, Barca had 14. Um, Antwerp 2, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk 3. Antwerp were 2 0 up after 33 minutes. Um, a bit of weird keeping in this meant that Shakhtar were 3 2 up after 71 minutes. And then, Jesse, do you know what happened? The very last kick what of the game. Happened? Toby Alderer missed a penalty oh. to equalise. Why was Toby taking a penalty? I don't know, but he didn't look very happy about it. He didn't even hit the target. The ball missed the goal completely. He, the po- he well, Who made that choice? Oh, I don't know. Actually, he did this last year. When Antwerp won the league last season, was that a last-minute penalty or something? Because he scored it, didn't he? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was from a set piece. Was it not a screamer? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was a screamer. Yeah, uh, yeah it, was. it was the 97th minute. Toby Adderall missed the penalty. Oh, Tobbs. I know. Uh, so, uh, what else we've got? The Europa League, Freiburg 1, West Ham 2, Marseille 2, Brighton 2. Um, Brighton conceded in the 90th and 20th minute uh, until Jao Pedro uh, equalised in the 88th minute. Liverpool made hard work beating uh, Union St. Louis uh, 2-0. Uh, Ran Graven back in late in the first half and then uh, Diego Jota in the 92nd minute. Uh, the McAllister brothers played against each other here. Yeah. They I still so cannot believe. <laughs> you can't believe that his name is Kevin, like the kid from Home Alone. You <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't deal with it. I think my we should make a list of of our favorite names because yes, but also Kevin Lasagna. Yes, <laughs> it's unbeatable in my mind. Um, it's top five. It, it, I, I don't know. I think Kevin Lasagna is like number one for me. There was. And, Kevin McAllister? There was an Australian goalkeeper back in the 70s called Norman Conquest, which I've always quite liked. Oh, fabulous. Oh. If you know your history. This is, this is not soccer related, but this morning I was doing my job like I'm supposed to, and a, a bill popped in my tracking system because the person who filed it was named Andrew Donor Hyman. Oh. And- <laughs> My tracking system thought that it was going to be about, like, a reproductive health-related thing. It was not, but that was the thing. Oh, well, hello to Andrew if you're listening. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, in Europe, in the Conference League, Aston Villa won Zrinski Moscow. Now, um, 94th minute, John McGinn goal. Um, Aston Villa were leaving it very, very late and desperate there. Um, games coming up this weekend in Europe, land in Spain. Real Madrid top on 21 points. It's Barcelona 20, Majorona on 19, then Atleti on 16. So, this weekend it is uh, Real Madrid versus Osasuna, um, Granada versus Barcelona, Atleti versus Real Sociedad, and Cadiz versus Girona. In Italy, Inter top on 18 points, same number of points as Milan in second, then it's Napoli and Juventus both on 14. It's a Turin derby this weekend as Juve play Torino. Inter play Bologna, uh, Genoa playing um, AC Milan and Napoli play Fiorentina. In Germany, Bayer Leverkusen top on 16 points and Stuttgart on 15, Bayern and Dortmund both on 14, so Dortmund play Union Berlin. Uh, Bayern play Freiburg, Stuttgart play Wolfsburg, Bayer Leverkusen play uh, Köln. Um, in France, Monaco are top on 14 points, same number of points as Brest, then it's Reim and then Nice on 13. Uh, Reim playing Monaco, Metz versus Nice and Brest versus Toulouse. Around the world, in Scotland, it is the uh, Edinburgh Derby, is Hibs play Hearts. It's the Australian Cup final, Sydney FC play Brisbane Raw. Uh, in Kenya, it's the uh, Mashamiji Derby. Um, in Nairobi, is AFC Leopards play Gormahaya. Uh, in the MLS, it's the Cascadia Cup. Jesse is Seattle Sounders play the Vancouver Whitecaps in Andorra. Yes, it is. It is. He's going to win that one. Um, Cascadia. Are they? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in Andorra, it is Interclub uh, Descaldes versus Athletic Descaldes. Who's going to win that one, Emma? I know it's a foreign country, but you're near it. <laughs> one of those teams surely <laughs> will win. Uh, in Hong Kong, it's the Southeast Clashes. Eastern plays South China. However, we got, we're off to Botswana for a couple of fixtures because uh, in Botswana, it is um, Holy Ghost versus Eleven Angels. What? Who's going to win that one? Are you the cheering Pope? For Holy Ghost <laughs> versus Eleven Angels. Are we cheering for the ghosts or the angels? Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, Emma? I, I'm so, I feel like you can't make that. Like, that has to be three teams playing to make it a, <laughs> that, a, a like, small Jewish girl. But that's not. <laughs> Who's going to win, Emma? Oh, Team Ghost. Okay. Yeah. And finally, in Botswana, it is the Defense Force versus the Police. <laughs> they should both be defended. <laughs> Who are we cheering for here? Nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah, nil nil. No one wants to cheer for the police or the defence force, do they? No, I actually no. think Ghost should sh- go and take that one over. <laughs> <laughs> um, bits and bobs of news in the Copa Libertadores. Uh, Boca Juniors will be in the final because they beat Palmeiras four two on penalties. Who scored for um, Boca Juniors, Jesse? Who scored, Chris? Who scored? It was his name. Edinson Cavani. Woo! <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> was he a happy boy? Uh, I was, with his perfect cheekbones and his stunning hair and his excellent ball placement. So in a few weeks' time, when you see him, because they're going to play Fluminense in the final as they beat Internacional 2-1 on the night 4-3 in aggregate, when he wheels away, having scored the winning goal in the very last minute, you see him lifting the Libertadores trophy as a proud Uruguayan. You see him lifting yep. it with an Argentinian team. You know what, though? He wins it. That's points for... I don't. I know you don't understand how math works, <laughs> but when an Uruguayan scores... Shots fired. It counts... <laughs> When a Uruguayan scores? It counts for us. Does it? Yeah, yeah. So it won't be Boca Juniors of Argentina winning an extra... It will be Uruguayan Edinson Cavani right. win. Does he, live yeah. in, does he live in Buenos Aires or is he commuting across the river every day? Oh, he lives there now, but he saw us his home in Salto. Yeah. Can he see that from his apartment as he looks over the river? Like Sarah Palin seeing Russia from her house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Salto, his home is on the border with Brazil. Oh, okay. Well, that would be yeah. a long way to look, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you stand in uh, Buenos Aires and look across the river and see Uruguay? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's very interesting. Um, the 2030 World Cup will be hosted uh, jointly between Spain, Portugal and Morocco. But, sticking in South America, Jesse... Uh, yeah. What's going on here? Because the first three games between Argentina, Uruguay and Paraguay are going to be played in South America. Yeah, so I am coming to you from underneath the poster of the very first World Cup where the final was played in the Estadio Centenario in 1930. So 100 years before this World Cup takes place, a centenary. Right. Maybe a significant right. occasion to take it back to oh. South America. Centenario. Yes. Yeah. So... By the way, this World Cup was not played in Argentina or Paraguay or Morocco or, sorry, I'm Spain or Portugal. It was fucking played in Uruguay. But because FIFA keeps trying to outdo and upstage their own corruption, they want to give the 2034 World Cup to Saudi Arabia 
Therefore, they are packing as many continents and countries and stresses and miles and money into 2030 and doing this insane thing of playing one match each in three separate South American countries and then fucking flying all the players and all the staff and all the families and whoever, whichever fan can support it to Spain, Portugal, and Morocco? What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I get that right? A 43-year-old Lionel Messi is going to be very jet-lagged for the second game, isn't he? I mean, it's the jet lag. It's the stress. It's like if you're going to say that, that FIFA cares about the climate, seriously. <laughs> and oh, just the infrastructure, like it's it's a lot for one country to prepare and get ready, and in the case of Qatar, kill enough migrants. But to ask six countries, how is FIFA going to support that? Uh, I'm... And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm done for now. Okay, and as I'm saying, the other end of the scale, we've got a beneficiary here, haven't we, Emma? Um, you're going to be hosting a World Cup. Well, you're not. Um, Spain I, I mean, be... I'm not. <laughs> Spain will be hosting a World Cup. <laughs> because, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd give all of our games to Uruguay because... It really should be there and nowhere else. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, you know, it really should be there, shouldn't it? And like, Spain has a rich footballing history, and it would be amazing mm-hmm. to have Spain. But it's the 2030 fucking World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the next. Give us 2034. Give you 2034. Yes. Yeah. There we go. It, yes. I mean, but, I can't see an argument why it shouldn't be in South America. Saudi Arabia will own all of sports. They will by then. You won't be able to move in Saudi Arabia for sports pitches or basketball or, or courts or whatever else you play a sport on. It'll just be Saudi Arabia, just be that enormous long city they're building that's about 200 miles long and three feet wide and sports facilities. I'm just going to retire from sports. <laughs> Honestly, I, when they made the announcement, I really think that like they should, you know, Saudi Arabia have the Champions League final and if they get the World Cup, it's after FIFA gave it to Russia and Qatar. Somebody needs to just like divest from FIFA and create their own. I don't know, like whatever federation has balls. Not as them. Their own thing because it's it's not it's not okay. Yeah. yeah. It is Sorry, a- and that's blue sleeping and dreaming, making that noise. <laughs> and- so I think it's Turkey who pulled out the Euro 2028 bid, leaving England and Ireland as joint bid as the only uh, bid so far. So I think by default that's coming to us. The only suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also like the internet was all a buzz or certain corners of the internet with like, they announced the next World Cups, the men's World Cups, and they still haven't talked about the women's World Cup, which comes first. Oh. Why would they talk about that, Jesse? Come on. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, speaking of which, Kevin Keegan, what? England football legend, has come into comp. Oh. oh, I saw that. <laughs> for saying he doesn't like women oh commentating God. on women's, uh, on men's football. Um, well, it's true because our voices too, are... Too shrill. <laughs> yeah. So. All our complaining, I mean, come on. <laughs> too emotional, that's what it is. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I've never seen grown men in sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of sexism corner, Getafe have removed the name of Alfonso Perez from the name of their stadium after some sexist comments. Um, so uh, just like um, Anfield, the stadium is going to be called the Coliseum, isn't it, Emma? <laughs> this is Getafe I... who signed Mason Green. 
Yes, see, I don't want to say anything nice about Getafe because they don't deserve it, quite frankly. Um, but that guy kind of, I mean, why would... He, he essentially said that women should know their place and that is not, you know, talking about football, playing football, or uh, uh, wanting better conditions and stuff. So they they rightfully took his name off the stadium and good for them for doing that but they employ a rapist um so you know you, you can only mitigate your reputation so far no that's fair enough uh okay premier league early kickoff on saturday luton versus spurs in the mitchell thomas derby luton at home um they drawn one and lost two i thought this was going to be a bit of a fortress uh canonworth road for them nathan i didn't think they would struggle to start in the way they have, particularly when they played Burnley the other day and lost at home. Yeah, that's not um, that's that's not a fortress, is it? When you're losing at home to Burnley, that's that's one of them games Luton needed needed to be looking at this season and going. If we're going to get three points, that's where we need to start. So losing that game, that's not good news. No. Um, and then. Obviously, they beat Everton, but Everton are just a bit... Don't know whether they're coming and going, do they, really? That's tremendous to see. Um, <laughs> so, Spurs, uh, they've won five, drawn two, and lost zero in the Premier League so far. Jesse, they've had 138 shots so far in the Premier League this season. That's the most of anybody. They've not got 138 goals, though, so are they actually any good? No, terrible. Next, no. <laughs> we are doing <laughs> You... What's that um, saying that I'm making up right now? You have to have a lot of shots to score a lot of goals. You know that well-known saying that people say all the time? Break a few eggs to make an omelette. Yes, but I'm vegan, so I did it differently. You have vegan eggs. Yeah, you have to you have to score a little. You have to, you have to throw balls at the net to see what sticks. Please stop me before I make this word. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going to get on in this game? Um, I'm still trying to think of what I, sentence you're trying to say. <laughs> I know. I don't either. I have no idea. Um, I, you know what? I have like, it's weird feeling a little bit optimistic. I don't know what to do with this feeling, but I think that there's going to be a lot of focus and the conversation's mostly going to be about the Luis Diaz Vara call because that was the last match we played. So hopefully whatever happens, it's like not controversial. <laughs> Like, win or lose, hopefully it's just a boring, easy game. Yeah. Emma, make it make it nice for They're going to thump Luton, aren't they? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> actually, no. I can't say that because they didn't thump nine men. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. And At home as I'll well. I'll be honest with you. Yep. I was watching that game and I was like, I'm a little bit embarrassed for Spurs <laughs> because they should have won, like, I don't know, 6-1. Yeah, and we have an accident. Yeah, exactly. They didn't even score their winning goal. Yeah. No, I'm I I'm with you. Yeah. I'm uh, still not sure where the goals are coming from, and I think that's probably that many shots is the loss of Harry Kane, which I still think is good for us, means that everybody else is sort of stepping up to try to fill that gap and, and we haven't settled into a rhythm yet. Well, Bayern currently third in the Bundesliga, so you might have swapped one place of not winning trophies for another. Okay. <laughs> uh, Burnley versus Chelsea, three o'clock, the Jack Cork derby. Burnley got six players out. Um, Chelsea, I've got doubts over Mudrick and Caicedo. 
Burnley the first promoted team to lose their first four games uh, at home of the season. Um, and Chelsea, they've got three clean sheets in their last five, Emma. So is that a corner yeah. they've turned? Yeah, I know. Exactly. That surprised me as well. Um, <laughs> I'm is... genuinely surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Have they turned a corner, or are pr- what process of turning the corner are, are they in? <laughs> I think they've put on the signal light. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you know they're preparing. Are they? Are they? Have they got to the stage where they're slowing down through the gears yet? No, but they've they've definitely put the light on. Okay, fair enough. And how are they going to get on with this away at Burnley? I mean, I feel like there's trouble if they don't win. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, north of the wall, how are um, Chelsea going to get on? Um, I, I, I agree with what Emma just said. Um, I think if they don't win this, there's going to be some heads melting in West London. Yeah. Jesse, do you Absolutely. think so? Will it be Ryan's head melting? No, because he's in um, Leeds, isn't he, this weekend? But it assuredly will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else we got? So we've got Everton versus Bournemouth. The Sylvan Distan Derby at three o'clock. Everton have lost four consecutive home Premier League games, and they scored just eleven in the last seventeen at home. They really don't like playing at home. Not surprised by any of those stats. No. <laughs> uh, Bournemouth have drawn three, lost four of their opening seven, and they conceded since they won promotion at the start of last year. They conceded an average of one point seven seven goals per game. So, if Everton were going to break that hoodoo, surely it's um, now, Jesse. Yeah, but what's probably going to happen is that Everton are going to score two, get really excited, and then Bournemouth is going to win. Because that's the season or two that Everton is having. I really And then okay. at the end of the year, when they're squarely in relegation zone, they're going to look back and be like, ah, oh, if only. If only. Um, Emma, uh, Sid mm-hmm. Lowe of The Guardian, Spanish football expert, mm-hmm. uh, it's very hard to disagree with them on anything. He was really uh, quite positive about Bournemouth's uh, Spanish manager before the start of the season. It's not quite turned out like that. yeah he's a really good manager okay what is he missing here then because he's, he's not starting great good players players <laughs> quality <laughs> players okay so he's not like that's probably it <laughs> how did he get on uh where, where, where was he he was at athletic club athletic club yeah okay uh he's got really? good players there he's got He's got, uh, he's got at least <laughs> he two Williams. <laughs> he's got at least two Williamses who are excellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's lacking the players there, I think. But yeah. I mean, he's not doing the worst job so far, is he? There are worse teams than them in the league. Oh yeah. Yes, I think for a lot of teams this year, it's the race to be seventeenth, isn't it? Yeah, you just need the three worse than you, then you're okay. Yeah. But see. Everton, then they have to take advantage of winning against the three worse than them, and they're not always good at doing that. Is Dominic Calvert-Lewin fit? They're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course they're not. The story of his life. Nobody will be sure until he actually sort of lines up at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> They've got a chance if he's playing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Fulham versus Sheffield United, three o'clock, the John Harley derby. Um, Fulham have lost two out of three at home this season. Raul Jimenez hasn't scored in 30 Premier League games. Um, Sheffield United have conceded seven goals from headers and nine from crosses. Um, you and say they... seven goals from head injuries? Headers. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Well, technically, every header is a head injury. <laughs> and they're conceding, on average, 22.3 shots per game, Nathan. That's a lot of shots per game to concede. That's a horrific start, isn't it? Yeah. That is a that is an obscene 
per game. That's yeah. horrific. That's so bad. <laughs> They're going to be one of those three teams that Bournemouth want to finish above, aren't they? Like pretty much given that they will do. Absolutely, yeah. That, yeah, they're um, they're definitely one of the three teams that everyone's looking at, thinking we've got to be getting three points here, otherwise we're going down. Yeah, uh, Emma and Jesse. Um, well, last time I saw Sheffield United play, they conceded eight goals. Oh, uh, and they were embarrassing. Mm. Um, and I don't imagine they've got any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not in the last two weeks. Um, Jesse. So, I think Wolves pulled it out against Man City, and that will give them a little bit of confidence. But also, I always forget about she- like consistently. Don't remember that Sheffield United exists and is in the Premier League. And I'm so sorry, Sheffield United fans. You're probably lovely people. I would love to get to know you, but I forget about your team all the time, and I think that says something. Sean Bean's a Sheffield United fan. Okay, the guy yeah. who dies in all of the shows. Yeah. <laughs> His mother um, was one of the famous, more famous kidnapping victims, Patty Aston. No, I'm thinking of Sean Aston. See, I can't even get the Seans correctly. Oh. That's a really different guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think is an asshole, you guys. Neil Warnock's a Sheffield United fan. So, my timeline... This is kind of saying a lot about their club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manchester United versus Brentford. Manchester United, of course, they lost in the week. They lost their last. They lost five out of their last seven in all competitions. Um, they've used 25 players in the Premier League so far. That's the joint most. So, that kind of shows that things aren't great if they can't settle on the team. Burnley... Uh, oh, sorry, Brentford. Um, their last six. They've drawn three lost two and won one. They've lost eight points from winning positions so far this season as well, Brentford. So um, these are two teams that really struggle to, to get over the line, aren't they, Emma? Mm, terrible, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Syrian analysis and yours. I that's not proud to Brentford. They're, they're fine. Yeah? I just United less so. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest, half past five on Saturday in the Dougie Freeman derby. This was 1-1 last season. But all of these matches sound incredibly boring. <laughs> There's a reason they're not on TV. <laughs> like literally every match that you've named just sounds like a like a joke. It's not a bumper weekend, is it? This isn't oh. going to be one for the ages. Um, oh, okay, sorry, I interrupted you against one boring team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Uh... It's like uh, match two of the group of the champions. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, did you ever watch Father Ted? Not really. Oh, okay. Well, that's that one, Rude. Uh, not your <laughs> Ladies, did you ever watch Father Ted? No, yeah. but I know the guy who wrote it is a terrible man. He is. He is. Uh, okay. Not your Forest one. Oh, that you know. That completely ruins what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, a not, lot of transphobic people ruin things. They do. They do. Incredibly. Um, Nottingham Forest have won one out of five, uh, but they have played um, Chelsea, Manchester City and United in that sequence. Um, and they were 2 up against United, weren't they? Crystal Palace beat Manchester United 1-0 last weekend. Forest away. Uh, they have beaten Chelsea this, this season. Can we... That doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we going for a solid, steady, Roy-managed 2-0 Crystal Palace win? 
they can't do that most weeks, so why would they do it this week? (laughs) But they're at home. Yeah, they started steady and boring at home. Do do you think that makes a difference? I think boring word there is um is as if it. Oh, I don't know. Is he has he been injured? Is he? I've got absolutely no idea. I was just sitting there when I was looking at my. See, none of us know what's happening in this boring. Have you ever had sort of former boyfriends and girlfriends like this weekend's fixtures in the Premier League? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're like, we could break up, but it would just be easier to keep ignoring you. Yeah. <laughs> this is why they're former. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Sunday then. Okay, let's try and liven things up on Sunday, see what there is. Um, Brighton versus Liverpool. That's a good place to start. The Admiral Alana hey. Derby. There you go. Uh, what will Jurgen complain about this? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and therefore. Well, Curtis Jones, Curtis Jones and Diego Jota are suspended, obviously, after last week. Rightfully so. Cody Capo <laughs> injured himself, scoring last week. Uh, the last six meetings, uh, Brighton won two, Liverpool won one, there's been three draws. Um, Liverpool have conceded first in each of their last four away matches, which isn't good. And they got four red cards this season, believe it or not. Um, the Who last... do you think will get sent off this week? <laughs> and then, they've got four red cards in their last six games. That was as many as the previous 178. Wow. Yeah, brawlers, the lot of them. Um, I think yeah. that uh, Sal will get sent off this week. <laughs> <laughs> Someone did say to me this week on Twitter talking about the fact that, because I said, wouldn't it be funny if they replayed the game and Liverpool got thumped 5-0, therefore getting a worse <laughs> goal difference from, you know, if they hadn't bothered. And someone replied saying, what if Salah does his cruciate if they replay it? Was, oh, my God. <laughs> replay did the... you see that um, somebody said, like, we'll replay it in... Liverpool and Jan Vertonghen retweeted it and wrote, yes. "I'll be there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am um... complaining about that. I mean, look, nobody disagrees that it was a horrible mistake. Yeah, it was awful. But yep. complaining about it this much just makes Liverpool look bad. Like Jurgen Klopp has been in England long enough to know he is not getting any points or a replay. He also, knows that's not going like, to happen. Happened so many like. How many? It's not the only bad VAR call that changed the course of a match. Exactly. Wolves had a really shitty one not long ago. I mean, it's you know, just stop moaning about it and move on. I agree entirely with everything you say. Um, I also live by the mantra that the only thing better than good football is funny football, and it's definitely not let us <laughs> down this week. And I have, and unfortunately, when it affects my team in the negative, I have to stay on that mantra. I'm afraid so. <laughs> VAR isn't the problem, right? The technology is great. The te- the technology is fantastic. The problem lies with the people who operate it and make the rules to tailor it. They're the problem well, here. Totally agree with that. Yeah, VAR, VAR, VAR works, but when you employ the same people who were making the mistakes before VAR came in, so the people who made the mistakes, who made VAR necessary, are now running VAR. It's like... Well, that makes sense i disagree with you a little bit on that because when you said the reason we brought var in is because people making mistakes i disagree with that because i think the reason we brought var in is because we as fans players managers uh danny murphy on match of the day were all unwilling to accept that referees did make mistakes and they wanted this technology to come in lo and behold they brought this technology in people still aren't willing to accept they make a mistake that referees make a mistake so now people are saying, oh, let's go back to VAR and, you know, we just accept human errors. Nobody accepted human error in the first place. That's why VAR was brought in. I did 
I always liked, not liked, but I always liked that football didn't rely so much on technology. Um, like, I, I think I've watched 10 minutes of American football in my life because it's so fucking boring and it's so technical and you have to keep stopping for people to like... Jesse will go into a Giants game. I'm going to hate Giants it. I'm for, for football, for soccer matches. But yes, when you come, <laughs> we'll go and I will be incredibly bored. You're going to hate it. I like... So I let... You know, I... For me, I accept that human error happens because it's better, sorry, than like having all this technology shit. But I think part of it, it's it's bigger than that. It's the fact that FIFA still, you know, it's the like rules of like waiting to lift the the flag on offside until the next day. And, you know, nobody allow, is allowed to have arms or it's a handball on a box. So I think it just like sort of everything got more complicated at once. And the people in charge have not caught up to to all of that. Yes, yeah, someone said of VAR, it is 21st century technology trying to implement 19th century rules. I mean, is that fair? Uh, yeah, it's not a yeah. hard fix either. It just you, All you have to do is tailor the rules to fit the technology. It's not Absolutely. hard. They do it yeah. in every other sport. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, I'm... Just, uh... I've always been a fan of VAR since it's come in. Um, this week it has tested me a little bit, uh, but I, I've sort of come out the other end thinking VAR is still a viable thing. It is. VAR is not the problem. Yeah. I think it's unrealistic. Humans are the problem. <laughs> I think it's humans and unrealistic expectations of humans as well. I take what you're saying, Jesse, about yes. the fact that you were accepting of human errors, but there's enough social media and radio phone-ins and newspaper columns and pundits on tv that weren't accepting of errors beforehand that and podcasters and podcasters that still aren't <laughs> accepting of, of errors now so yeah um how are we going to go with this game in brighton versus liverpool both played on thursday of course didn't they so is my dear beloved ansu fit he played oh a rather um <laughs> rather bad joke the other day uh a fatty was obviously written next to the Brighton lineup, uh, and someone wondered whether Yuri Tiedemans had transferred to them. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, he has been playing. He's been te- he's tended to come off the bench. I don't think he's started many. He might he might have started the first. I know he scored the other day. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I'm not sure he started the Europa League uh, the Europa League much, but he's definitely been coming on a sub. Um, it's difficult to want anything but good things for him. Yeah, I only want the best things for him. Yeah, will he will he be having good things from him uh, on Sunday? I hope so. Brighton's defense is rubbish, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, West Ham versus Newcastle. Then uh, the Stuart Pearce derby at two o'clock on Sunday. West Ham uh, thirteen points in the first seven games. That's their best start to the Premier League in eight years. Um, they scored in nine successive Premier League games. Newcastle beaten in six in all competitions. It wasn't too long ago that people were saying Newcastle in crisis. So, you know, six weeks makes a, an awful lot of, um, of difference. Uh, Jesse, how do you see this one going? I mean, it's six weeks and like a bajillion corrupt dollars makes a huge difference. Uh, they do. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe this could actually be like West Ham could put up a challenge to Newcastle. Yeah, it's at the London Stadium, so I don't think it's um, unreasonable to expect that. Yeah, I'm going to go with a high-scoring win. 
three, two. Okay, um, Nathan. I will go for a Desmond. Okay, uh, Emma. I think West Ham will win two one. Okay. Uh, Wolves versus Aston Villa, half past four in the Tony Daly derby. Do you remember Tony Daly, Nathan? Yes. What a player he was. Fantastic player. <laughs> he was a nippy winger back in the 90s, ladies. Um, Aston Villa uh, won their last three. Wolves have got four points from their last two games. They obviously beat Manchester City last week, so they're sort of riding high. Uh, Villa had that game on Thursday. Um, how do you think this one's going to go, guys? Wolves have been interesting this season, I think, because I'll be honest, I completely wrote them off at the start of the season. Yeah. Like, I was like, these guys are 100% finishing 19th or 20th. Yeah. And I'm not going to listen to anyone who tells them otherwise, but they, they seem to be kicking a bit harder than some of the other teams around them. So, yeah, fair play to Wolves. Yeah. Okay, ladies. I think that those six goals for Villa last week and that late winner yesterday makes. Ooh, I think is probably going to give them a lot of confidence, but also they're going to be tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Villa. Okay, Emma? Me too, because I like Unai. Okay, okay. Uh, and then finally, Arsenal versus Manchester City, half past four in the Paul Dickoff derby. He was a good player, wasn't he? Yeah. Very. Um, Sacra Martinelli had doubts. Rodri is suspended. Still, it's his last game with his suspension. Uh, Arsenal have lost their last. Oh, sorry, Nathan. Arsenal have lost their last twelve versus Manchester City in the league, um, but they're unbeaten in the league so far. Uh, Arsenal... You say that like every other team has. Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arsenal just got. Um, here's a weird one. Arsenal got f- just four clean sheets in their last twenty-eight home games in the league. Why is that, Nathan? Uh, because we just love to. We just love an error, don't we? Whether it be a goalkeeper, or a defender. Uh, uh, over hit back pass we, we we always do we are the one team you can bank on every weekend to do something proper stupid this was the not one team it's not what sorry it's not the one team well no it's not it's not the one but if, if someone said to you right you can only pick one team this weekend that you're going to pick Arsenal's probably your safe bet mm. we just we just do these just really stupid things and it's like what like we could be three 0 up and then just give the ball away to to the centre forward who's on his own, and it's like why why have you just done that? There's no need. Was it at the Emirates? No need. Was it at the Emirates where City beat you four one, which more or less decided yeah, the title? Yes, part. Yes, that's yeah, right. Sorry to remind you. Sorry to remind you that. Well. Man for us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're this not is... sorry at all. <laughs> this is fast, fast turning into a therapy session for Nathan. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and how do you reckon it's going to go this weekend, Nathan? Uh, probably the same, if I'm honest. Oh, really? Okay. So even though there's no Kevin De Bruyne, used to, well, I, I don't know how you think Saka and Martinelli are going to get on, um, whether they're going to play or not. I think Saka will probably play because he just does. He, he strikes me as that type of player who's like, yeah, I'm all right. But when you look at him, his legs hanging off. It's like, are you all right, though? I, I don't think you are. Um, but I he gets the living that... shit kicked out of him every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that like little post that he wrote where he's like crying on the pitch and he wrote like Arsenal fans don't deserve this. I wanted to hug him. Like I hope he's getting. Yeah, like you don't deserve that, you precious human. Right. <laughs> well, I... What about the midfield? Because obviously there's no Rodri. Uh, is this a chance well, for Declan Rice to shine? 
This was surely this is games like this is what you bought him for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the one hope that I've been clinging to in the lead up to this game is that Man City don't have Rodri, and that appears to be quite a big problem mm. um, for them. They don't seem to be able to cope as well without him. I mean, don't get me wrong, not coping as well is is you know normal to the rest of us, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's that's the one hope that you've got is that they there's disruption in, in the centre of the field and Rodri sort of is the guy who he's that pin that, that makes it all move how it how it does. So yeah, hopefully with him missing, Bryce steps up and has a big game, we can sort of not dominate the midfield but, but maybe win more battles than we used to against Man City. Okay, well look, while Nathan's lying on his um on his bed in a state of delirium. Jesse, you sort of waft in with a palm leaf and Emma, you feeding grapes and reassure them everything's going to be okay? First of all, I just really like Nathan's vowel sounds. Like, I love the way you say game. I'm not going to try it because I'm not Chris. But <laughs> I just appreciate that. Um, I think bad things happen when Men City sort of take a win for granted. And... I don't think they have anybody who can easily slot in for Rodri. So you have, you've got a chance. Yeah, Emma. Mm, there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Rodri makes them human. Um, oh. but they're still pretty immortal. Oh. <laughs> I know. I like you though, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If it helps, I, I agree completely agree <laughs> oh fair enough okay right well that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup any bring ugh, brings us to the end of our podcast as well um so we're man of the post you can find us on instagram and twitter at man of the post i think you can find us now on blue sky at man of the post blah 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 blue sky blue whatever it is um Ooh. i've still not quite figured that out as yet um you can give us a like on facebook too as pointed out last week there's no point in me telling you where you can download this from because you're already <laughs> listening and got to the end um <laughs> You need to start opening this. No, it doesn't even matter if you open the show with it. It's still weird. <laughs> Dave and... Well, uh, one of Dave, Ali, Simon, Chris and Carl um, will be back uh, after the weekend to review the games that we've been previewing here. Nathan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? I am at FMCM underscore FC. Uh, Emma, they can't follow you, can they? Unless they're they hanging around, no, hang around your front door. Um, and... Jesse, how do they follow you? They go to at CHingham77 and they look at the top and that's where they could buy my book. <gasps> wow, that sounds fantastic. And you can Unless maybe they live in the States. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can follow me at Jesse Loach where I can tell you all about how you can get it delivered to the States. Um <laughs> guys, thank you ever so much and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>